0: CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, uh, and joining me in the studio is our Managing Director, Brett Macy. Good morning, Brett. Good morning, Doug. How are you? Except for fighting this cold for about the last week, I'm good. Yeah,
1: we, uh, you know, hope you're able to kick that, I think, the whole office here in Atlanta <laughs> sick. But I uh, think everybody's getting better. So uh, Hopefully we're all better by the holidays, right? That's right. Down, down to t- the countdown's on. Two more shows of Healthcare yeah. Consumerism Radio yeah. for uh, 2014. 2015, right around the corner, yeah,
0: it, huh? It, it is. It's coming.
1: Yeah, got a great, got a uh, great program uh, today for everybody out there and, and we really do appreciate you joining us and, uh, you know, coming up after the news and views segment, we're gonna have, uh, Jeff Smesrud. Smiz- He's with, uh, healthcare.com and Jeff is the co-founder and chief executive officer for healthcare.com and, what Jeff's really going to talk about is is the new era of healthcare spending, and or ac- actually healthcare shopping, and what their tool allows uh, us as consumers, employee consumers, to go out and uh, shop for healthcare. But healthcare, and Doug, as we we always talk about, you know, shopping uh, for healthcare is is one of the big big issues out there for healthcare consumers
0: and it's a real challenge, you know, I mean it's and people need help in the handholding, and I think Jeff will talk about that, Wow, well, it's not just a online destination, but he has the ability for people to talk to some trusted advisors and, you know, get some personal touch as people are learning how to, you know, make that first step of finding the right insurance mm-hmm. and then point in the next steps to what they need to be on
1: that. And I know, uh, you know, last week we had a guest on uh, that was really talking about the the spending mechanism, mm-hmm. too. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think when you look at the shopping aspect of it, you know, how do you shop for for the right health care mm-hmm. um, for yourself and your family, uh, you know, and we talk about that all the time. So how do you do that in the right way? So Jeff's really going to dig into that for us, and uh, going to be a great segment there. And then uh, on the second segment, we're actually going to have um, Roy Schoenberg. Uh, Roy is actually with American Well, and what American Well is going to, what they actually do is they're in the telehealth yep. industry, and what Roy's going to talk about is the doctor in your pocket. And, you know, I think, Doug, early on, uh, Gus, it was four or five years ago i know we were talking with uh ron chairman ron bachman chairman of our advisory board and ron was talking to us about all these moving pieces of telehealth and what some companies were doing well it's now come full circle uh as
0: we look at it today and it's kind of aggressively uh you know move into further deeper adoption in 2015 pretty excited about the care and the accessibility and the cost savings that you know good telehealth solutions provide and
1: how it's how it's really gone mobile yep. you
0: know if we I think we've always talked about it you look at
1: uh, you look at these phones we have it's a computer in your pocket basically yep. you can do pretty everything pretty powerful
0: computer yeah
1: yeah I mean you do everything from your phone I mean you you for all intensive purposes don't even need a computer anymore that's right so you know a lot of you know a lot of the technology platform players out there are how trying to figure out you know how to get everything on mobile devices and and you look at telehealth and uh, you know they're, they've been doing that for a while. So Roy's gonna lead the discussion there with us on that second segment. And then on the final segment is a um, good great, friend of ours. <laughs> good friend of ours, and and are gonna be so happy to have her on the program, Laura Carabella. Laura um, has been, you know, a big proponent of. Um, you know, of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism with what they do around the Foundation for Chiropractic Progress. And uh, what Laura is actually going to talk about is U.S. domestic travel. And, you know, we, domestic travel, international travel has always been there for healthcare needs. And Laura has been the driving force mm-hmm. behind a lot of that. And she's going to focus in really on domestic travel here and i think you know
0: doug you've talked which is really the latest because of direct contract relationship with hospitals etc and you know it's moved from international which is a tougher hill to climb uh to domestic and the opportunity for employers to establish those direct contact relationships with hospitals for themselves and their employee population so it'll be that'll be a very interesting discussion yeah lori will get into a lot of the you know
1: and it makes sense for this news and view segment. A lot of the employers out there are becoming self funded. Yep. So once you become self funded and you're bearing the, the weight of the cost outside of the, the stop loss policy that you may have, you know, these domestic travel programs become more and more attractive to you as an employer.
0: Yeah, and you have also have a more open eared uh, employee and their families too, because they now are responsible for some of the costs too, so I think everyone from the employer to the employees and their families are open to look at alternative solutions to provide good care to themselves and their family at a at a good cost
1: mm-hmm. and and I think you know. As I look at these three segments that are coming up, they all tie together. Really do, you know, in, you a, do. in a nice in a nice way. I mean, you have you have the the piece, you know, that Jeff's going to talk about around, you know, the new era of of healthcare shopping that ties in with the telehealth piece because telehealth is going to come it ties into play there, the
0: domestic travel
1: piece, and then into the domestic travel yeah. piece. Yeah. So. Uh, great segment and to anyone out there you know who is interested in being on this program we we welcome you to to get in touch with us jonathan field um who runs the runs the program from a production standpoint for us um you can reach out to him and he can get you uh the information you need on the to be a guest
0: on this show and uh you know
1: as we always talk about it's just a discussion about you know where the market is and what are the solutions out there
0: Yeah, we're anxious to have people who want to just talk about what they do and what the solutions are. And, you know, we really welcome employers to join us on the program. Mm -hmm. We would love to do some employer spotlights, brokers, et cetera. And, you know, certainly all the innovators that join us and the experts in this field. you know, we look forward to having a full year in 2015 with everyone engaged with us.
1: Yeah, and I know, uh, you know, within the walls of the IHC office here in, in Atlanta, you know, there's been a lot of discussion around a new program we're going to be rolling out in 2015. Doug, did you want to give the uh, the audience, listeners, a, a feel for what we're doing?
0: Yeah, we, you know, uh, there's a couple things we're doing. And, you know, one, I think you want me to, um, but the I, I see Insider, mm-hmm. know, we're uh, take a little bit of Learning from ESPN there, but we're, uh, we're going to create an IHC Insider. It's already out there on our site in its launch stage, uh, giving people the opportunity to see what's coming. Uh, IHC Insider is going to be a very unique membership program for people to really get inside the IHC, contribute to what we're doing, learn from what we're doing you know, access information that's not available to people that are just member are part of the community. Mm-hmm. So there I mean there's different ways you can participate with us. You can you can come into our events and that's all you can do. I mean, that's fine, you're welcome. You can come as traffic on our website, you're always welcome. You can join our community and gain access to our, you know, publications and newsletters and some other information. Or you can take a deep dive and truly become an IAC insider and have access to certification, have access to research that we're going to be presenting, access to special discounts on our events and other services that we'll be providing, and, and be able to contribute. You know, what we really want I C Insiders to do is get involved with us and be part of the collaborative environment to create more information and more knowledge for members of our community to participate in
1: and then is that you know, that's if you choose to do that right, Doug? right i mean right. some that's, people that's your choice you right. know some people may choose you know hey i don't you know necessarily want to become you know that engaged and you don't you don't necessarily have to right. we we promote that you become right. engaged as an ihc insider <laughs> but uh you know when we were kind of looking at the program you look at those familiar with any you know ESPN. Let's just look at that. You know, you go in there, and there's there's some information that's you know proprietary and and v- of tremendous value to the audience that comes there, and that is the goal for us in 2015 is to bring that tremendous value to you, our listeners, or to our web traffic, and provide you with stuff that you can't get other places.
0: Yeah, exact exactly right, Brent. And uh you know, one of the things I wanted to mention to our audience right now that is there right now for people to participate in is our certification program. Become, you know, get your C H C C designation. You know, we've got you know, a, a big uptick with people actually taking that test right now because over the holidays is actually a pretty good time for people to do that. When, mm-hmm. If you're drinking your hot chocolate and, or whatever, whatever, your, whatever your favorite beverage is, your eggnog, et cetera, <laughs> uh, you know, the kids are asleep because they've been too tired, uh, you know, waiting for Santa or playing with Santa Claus toys. Uh, it's a great time in all seriousness. You're not going into the office, a great time to maybe, you know, take some time to study. Mm-hmm. You can, all the materials are online at dihcc.com and uh you can apply for you can take the test you can take the test as many times it's uh you know you can go back and study if you don't pass it the first time and and pass it and you know i think to come out into the new year with that CHCC designation on your business card and you know on your email uh would show a lot of credibility to your knowledge of this healthcare consumerism space
1: and uh You know, Doug, you and I were talking in the green room before the show. You know, one of the things we're going to do next week on next week's News and Views, we're going to do a year in in Rewind and, and really look at, you know, where was this industry in january of this year and where is it as we look to turn the calendar uh to the new year in 2015 and and really highlight some of the things that we see um you know from our seat at the institute for Healthcare consumerism that really push this market forward were there things that that maybe made it stand still a little bit in certain yep. times of the year let's look at that too but a, a year in rewind to really focus on on where were we and where are we now and we'll have uh um We'll
0: have remotely with us Ron. Ron will be calling in for the duration of the program. And and I think if you and I can wrestle him in here, we'll get our show producer, Jonathan, to join us in here. All right. To talk about, you know, what we're doing in the year ahead. And we'll, and we'll look back at some of the special guests we have. You look back and highlight some of the special guests we have. They're all out there on YouTube. They're all out there on our website archive for people to review. But we'll kinda go back and highlight, you know, some of the key talking points and some of the special guests we have. And you know, if if you're listening out there and you were a guest, you know, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day and participating because you you are helping to create this information string and chain that we have around healthcare consumers and radio. So we do thank you very much for taking that time to participate. And
1: it's you know and Doug, I think you would agree this program for for our industry is is one of our most you know productive platforms that we have. We hear all the time whether it's at we're at our events or other events or meeting with with people here in Atlanta or across the country. They tune in to Healthcare Consumerism Radio.
0: Yeah, they say, hey, I've, <laughs> you know, if, and if they're not turning in, uh, tuning in like right now live, and to our live audience, thanks again for being there with us today. You know, they're telling us stories about, hey, I ride my bike and I listen to podcasts, or I work out at the health club listen to my podcast, or, hey, I'm commuting and, you know, I got – you know a podcast on listen to it yeah. uh, you know our good friend jamie benton says that he says hey i may not be able to get there every director of benefits at rollins says i may not be able to get there every friday but you know i got you in my ear once or twice a week you yep. up on some podcasts
1: so thank you again thank you to all the the guests have been on the program and and uh you know looking forward to a, a great 2015 but we're not there quite yet we got two more uh programs that are that are going to be before 2015 um you know, Doug, you talked about the IHC Insider. You talked about some of the the other items. Anything else
0: on your desk? Yeah, I mean, we're really excited. I know we got about a minute or so to go here. We're really excited about in June we're going to unveil the industry state of uh, the state of the industry report, and it's going to be a collaborative effort with all the available research and and reports out in the marketplace. And you know, if you'd like to participate in this report. You know, get in touch with us and get in touch with me personally. Uh, you know, I've got Andrew Dietz, our new chief marketing officer, kind of leading that effort. So we're pretty excited about that, to pull together all of this knowledge that's out there, add to it with, you know, some original research that we're going to do, you know, to kind of fill in the gaps or maybe update some of the data points. And, again, that's, that is a, an additional value for IHC insiders. Mm-hmm. IHC insiders will get access as part of their membership to that full report.
1: So the coming up in the uh, in the next segment, we're going to be uh, talking with uh, Jeff Smesrud, and uh, Jeff's going to be talking to us about the new era of healthcare shopping. And so that's going to be a, a great segment. And to close out this segment, we need to uh, make sure we throw out the promo for privatehealthcareexchange.com. com. Those who are interested in the the booming private exchange marketplace, if you go to privatehealthcareexchanges.com and we have over about, a, it's about 180 private exchanges in that database. Type in IHC radio and you'll get discounts on the subscriptions. Everybody stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. Solution Providers. Are you aware of the Institute
2: for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive solution provider membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand. And shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director Brent Macy today at bmacy at the
3: ihcc.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
4: Certification. Do you know why becoming a Certified Healthcare Consumerism Specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series. And testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com.
5: This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
0: Hey, this is Doug Field, CEO of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, along with my co-host Brent Macy, Managing Director, and welcome back to the segment, of Healthcare Consumerism Radio. And we're we're pleased to have uh, join us on this program today, Jeff Smezrud, Co-founder and Chief Executive Officer of com. com. Sorry, Jeff, that was a fruity and slip right there. Good.
1: <laughs> Jeff, welcome to the program. <laughs>
2: hey, thank you so much. Very excited to be talking to you. And uh, hey, I first want to say thank you on behalf of consumers for what you guys have done over the last few years. You've been thought leaders and uh, have really created a lot of momentum for many of us. So thank you.
0: Yeah. You know, thanks, Jeff. I appreciate that. Give us a little backgrounder on um, healthcare.com and, uh, you know, what you guys are doing and kind of where this idea came from.
2: Well, we are a... Uh, uh, the leading privately funded, unbiased mm-hmm. search comparison engine for individuals searching for health insurance for plans both on exchanges and off exchanges. Mm-hmm. And the idea comes uh, largely from when we look at other industries like like travel and a few others, mm-hmm. uh, the opportunity for consumers to be able to, to quickly and easily search and find out what plans are available to them without giving – a lot of information that's private and personal, so people can come to healthcare.com, punch in their zip code, their age, their income levels and we can show them all the plans that are available and then give them an opportunity to decide what they want to do next, how they want to proceed, what types of plans they want, uh, where do they want to buy those plans, how do they want to buy those plans, and then we connect them to uh, partners that can help them get the health insurance they're looking for.
0: Jeff, what's the uh, differentiator to other private marketplaces out there?
2: Well, a couple things that uh, we do. We uh, allow people to very easily search and look at plans. Secondly, we uh, are agnostic uh, in our view of how somebody needs to enroll. We're not trying to push somebody to an online experience or say that you need to uh, see an agent face-to-face or that you need to uh, work uh, with a call center. We give people options to choose how they want to enroll, and then we help them facilitate that. So. Others might have a little bit of a bias towards their preferred enrollment tool. Mm -hmm. We leave that up to consumers. We try to give them good education to help them make the right choice that fits them. And uh, we think that, in the end, consumers make good decisions.
0: And, And what's your business model, Jeff?
2: Well, our business model is to connect consumers with those that can help them get health insurance. You know, okay. We get compensated on a uh, referral advertising revenue basis. Okay. Our services are absolutely free to consumers. Uh, it doesn't cost anything more to get their health insurance uh, if they use our services to help them connect. And as we continue to Uh, Develop our company and Healthcare.com has been around uh, since 2006. But Mm -hmm. in the last six months, we've introduced a lot of new services. As we continue to expand our company, we will probably go beyond helping people buy health insurance to helping them get better at comparing types of plans and also helping them get better at buying certain types of healthcare. Okay. Because when we have so many high deductibles, more and more consumers are going to be spending. More out of their pocket for routine expenses, diagnostic expenses, prescription drugs. If we can help them find the best solutions for their insurance and also for their healthcare spending, then I think we're doing something useful.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense,
1: Jeff. When you uh, you know you've you've had a lot of experience in the the healthcare benefits industry. It looks like over 30 years of uh, expertise in this industry. What? What from your expertise, what did you see in the marketplace that, that made you want to launch a company like HealthCare.com?
2: Well, you know, if you, if you look back over time, you know, for any number of reasons, health insurance and healthcare was made very complicated. Mm-hmm. It, it costs too much, it comforts too little, and it's way too confusing to too many people too much of the time. And other industries were like that healthcare needs to change to make it easier for consumers, and there is so much opportunity to do that. We, we need to get out of our insurance-speak mentality that all of us who have been in the insurance business right. for many years have been, and, and we need to talk to consumers in their language because one of the outcomes of reform, no matter what you think of healthcare reform, is that it put consumers in charge, mm-hmm. and it created momentum towards transparency. Mm-hmm. And if you have an open, transparent market where consumers get to make decisions and they are not going to be denied coverage for medical reasons, then you've got to make the insurance industry meet the type of quality standards, service standards, speed standards, transparency that you see in other industries. That's a big
0: opportunity. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense, Jeff. Jeff, what's the uh, – are, are, are you – I mean, you're obviously direct-to-consumer, right? I mean, that's that's one of your initiatives. Yep. Uh, what's the value and what are you doing maybe uh, working through employers to get to their, uh, offer an alternative to their employee populations? It,
2: it, at this point, we're, we're focusing on consumers. Okay. We,
0: we probably
2: will reach out to uh, smaller and larger employers to say, uh-huh. you know, maybe one of the things you can do is to, to recommend to your employees that they use a service like ours to help them get an understanding of what their subsidies might be or get an understanding of what costs of health plans might be. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I think it's one of the things we're going to see, whether we like it or not, is more and more employers are going to move towards some type of defined contribution plan yeah. and be working with companies like us uh, to help their consumer, help their individuals buy their own health insurance.
0: Yeah, uh, That makes a lot of sense. Um Jeff, you know, why go to you first versus going directly to healthcare.gov?
2: Well, yeah, we allow people to punch in some of their income information, and if they qualify for a subsidy, we show them plans that are, uh, are subsidy eligible.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Healthcare.gov only has those plans for those carriers who choose to be on exchange. Right. There's a lot of carriers and a lot of plans out there, That are not at healthcare.gov or are not at a state exchange. Mm -hmm. And an individual consumer should decide what type of plan he wants. Now, it might be that because he's getting a big subsidy, he ought to buy or she a plan at Mm healthcare.gov. But maybe they get a very small subsidy or no subsidy at all. Maybe they want a plan that... uh, is outside of that exchange has yep. a broader uh, physician network. Consumers should be allowed to choose. Yeah, and sense. the more yeah. choices that are put in front of them, the better decisions they'll make and the better it is for everybody.
0: Jeff, you have a good background in the, su- the whole supplemental benefits space. It, are, are those uh, products currently available on healthcare.com right now in addition to Major Medical?
2: We, we have them available. You can go to our site and and set up a, an opportunity to meet with uh, agents or others that can help you enroll in those. I think that's going to be a, a large, interesting, evolving area. When people buy plans with large deductibles, having some sort of gap plan that fills in those things okay. that may not be covered by your insurance or provide some protection for critical illness uh, some cash flow protection uh, for individuals it's going to be really important and the interesting thing I, I don't think some of the the necessary insurance products for consumers have even been invented yet it, is there are new ways that they're buying insurance and new things coming out of their pocket somebody' smart is going to find the perfect plan that helps a consumer that makes it better for them and there's yeah. a lot of incubation going on in that area it's kind
0: of fun yeah it is kind of fun, and i think I think they'll need uh the, you know your consumers uh, and this is where you play a key role with with your service they 'll need a lot of handholding when it comes to supplemental health I mean when you take a look at something like disability, very misunderstood and very very big missing piece uh, for a lot of consumers because they really don't understand what that what that part is
2: well you know what a, what a good agent does in my uh I grew up as the son of a health insurance agent <laughs> who's celebrating sixty years of having
0: It's in your blood, isn't it? Yes.
2: <laughs> and I used to as a young kid I'd tag along with him and he'd sit down with people and talk about health insurance and he'd write the word help, uh-huh. home, education, loved one yeah. plans. And he would ask all kinds of questions about disability and income and their mm-hmm. lifestyle and protection and eventually the consumer would say this is what best fits me. And he would say, well, let me show you how to enroll in these. And by the way, you can enroll with other agents. They would inevitably say, you've helped me so much, I want to work with you. Hmm. We, We need to find ways as we move away sometimes from individual agents to offer that same sort of level of caring and compassion through technology and new devices and it's not about just algorithms. It's about getting caring and understanding built into some of the tools that we do.
1: Now, Jeff, how many, uh, how many consumers are you currently serving on, uh, on your platform?
2: Well, you know, we look at numbers in uh, a number of different ways. We have had for many years uh, roughly a million visitors a month hmm. coming to healthcare.com because we also offer a, a provider search directory that allows consumers to look up providers but since we launched our, our new uh, enrollment tools and uh, search and comparison tools, excuse me, uh, in late September, you know we've been ramping up, so we're getting today, you know, four to five thousand people a day that are using our services to find uh, find health insurance and connect with the people that can, can fulfill their needs, and that's that's growing at a very nice pace. We're very excited about uh, how many people we will help this year, and we are optimistic that that number is going to keep growing. If we keep ahead of consumers and develop the tools that they need.
1: Now, Jeff, uh, we got about two minutes left here on the program. You know, we, you know the the whole employer space is is changing and evolving, and the employer sponsored benefits market is changing. Where, you know, where do you see that going in the coming years?
2: Well, I, I think it's going to continue to evolve into more fine contribution types of plans. But one of the things that needs to happen and and may need to be addressed uh, in Washington, D.C., is we've got to allow rewards. We have a stick, penalties and mandates and things like that. We have to allow, as we move people outside of employer-based coverage, to have rewards for good health behavior that that consumer can actually see. If I get my cholesterol checked, if I improve my lifestyle, I'm going to be rewarded for that, and once we are able to do that, then the idea of consumers uh, moving away from an employer marketplace is going to be really expanded and grow uh, exponentially.
1: Uh, Jeff, uh, you know we really appreciate having you on the program today. Uh, let our let our audience know how they can find you and uh, inquire about your services.
2: Well, we have a. a Find us at healthcare.com. We have a, a great team of uh, maniacs with a mission that uh, are improving technology and improving our service levels. And come to healthcare.com. Look at what we do. Uh, sign up. Uh, give us your feedback and help us help us understand how we can serve uh, consumers better.
1: All right, Jeff. Hey, really appreciate you uh, being on the program with us this morning. Have a great weekend. And uh, to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at
3: 770-296-7276 to learn more.
4: Have you checked out the only online guide where employers, health plans, brokers, and consultants can navigate private exchange and defined contribution markets? Browse PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today. The emergence of private health insurance exchanges represents perhaps the most significant shift in how Americans purchase health benefits in years. As employers move their employee population into private exchanges, this trend is on a growth projection into the 2015 benefit year and beyond, according to research published by Allegis Technologies. Visit PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com today to browse our national searchable directory and for Healthcare Exchange Solutions magazine and newsletter. Be sure to submit your listing for inclusion in this groundbreaking guide at www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com. That's www.PrivateHealthCareExchanges.com.
3: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
5: This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare Consumerism Radio. This is uh, Brent Macy, Managing Director of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, I'm in studio with CEO and uh, founder of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism, Doug Field. And welcome back to this second segment. Um, waiting on a guest to call in here. Uh, Roy's going to call in and looking uh, to talk about telehealth. And, Doug, on the news and views, you know, segment, we kind of touched on it a little bit. You know, the whole telehealth space is exploding. I mean, I, I remember... You know, us walking through some conference halls and, and you'd see a telehealth player here or there, you know, five, seven years ago. Well, now you see them everywhere.
0: Yeah. And, and, and and you know, you alluded to this a little earlier about uh, accessible on the apps and direct consumer. I mean, that's where – I mean, I know our next guest is going to talk about their consumer app, but, you know, from American Well to Doctors on Demand to MD Live to TeleDoc, and I'm not trying to leave anyone else aside, it's really bringing – that telehealth connection to your phone, mm-hmm. so you know wherever you are, if you're sick and in need, you know talking to a doctor, you have the ability to do that. And so, it was uh, you know a lot of time. I think when the telehealth first started to emerge, people say people were leery of it, mm-hmm. but what's being proven out is it's it time and location convenience, and you're, we're finding more people are choosing care rather than avoiding care you know i think we all avoid going to the doctor at times right right you know, right particularly i we haven't guys. been this year at all particularly <laughs> we guys but you know i had a cold this last week and i really i didn't ended up not using it but i i was on one of the apps and i was about to use it and i probably should have just
1: well, well i kind of i'll give you the you know the younger i'm 33 years old and you, you know, everybody said, old dog? yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, didn't, <laughs> didn't mean it that way. But, uh, you know, you, I look at the, the you know, the doctor-patient relationship is, yeah, growing up I had this, the same, you know, children's physician that I went to and you know, my parents would take me to. But now I look at it, I don't have a single doctor, never have in my adult life. I've always gone to the doc in the box or whatever it is, and maybe it's because I'm the young and the invincible, I you know, but I've never had one person I go to and say, "Hey, this is this is my doctor." I say, "Where's the nearest, uh, you know, clinic that I can okay. go to, or can I go to a telehealth, right. you know, right. option?" And telehealth, right. you know, we've kicked it around before. Is telehealth is telehealth the right word? Because there's so many different options that are out there uh, in the marketplace. It's not just the tele the telephone part of it. It's
0: it's much more right. And they, it, it absolutely is much more. Is that right? And, uh, you know, to kind of continue this discussion about talking about telehealth, is joining us on the phone is Roy Schoenberg, CEO of American Well. Roy, good morning.
6: Good morning, good morning.
0: Hey. Good to be here. Yeah, good to have you on the program. Good to talk to you again. Uh, Roy, give our audience a little background on American Well, and then we'll uh, talk more about telehealth.
6: Sure. um so American well um, operates in clearly in the healthcare business what we provide is really the ability for patients to interact with with physicians really through technologies that are available to you pretty much kind of in your home and in your pocket we we allow patients from all over the country who operate in about 48 states today um, to whether it's an app that's on your phone or whether it's a it's a browser that you use mm-hmm. uh, at their liberty at their leisure to to um, Tap into a network of physicians that are available twenty four seven. They can look at the different physicians who are available in their state. They can read about them, get comfortable with the one they want, and amazingly enough, click on connect and see the physician live uh, for a visit. And physician can diagnose, they can prescribe medications that show up in your pharmacy, and for the most part, uh, in most cases, your health insurance actually covers it. So this is a uh, a different way of doing
0: healthcare from start to finish. So, convenient access, and affordability, and quality of care—all all 3 are being addressed to these uh, telehealth services. Correct?
6: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's the arrival of technology into healthcare delivery. That's maybe the best title to describe it. Yep. Uh, we've, interestingly enough, you know, healthcare is an industry that takes its time in bringing any kind of modernism into it. Um, and the arrival of telehealth, which is the, the the name that describes everything I just talked about, um, is actually a pretty significant kind of groundbreaking change to this entire industry. It changes how patients interact uh, with healthcare. You
0: know, you know, there's a lot of. Uh, you know, I think 2015 is going to be a year of continued rapid rapid adoption of telehealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of players in this space. You know, I think there's a few leaders and I put you in, 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 in one of those places. What is your unique differentiator to the others in the space?
6: Well, there's a lot of you know, there's more and more operators that are coming into this space, you know, and I think, you know, they're all good in certain things and some of them are better in ones and better mm-hmm. in others. But fundamentally, all of them, in a way, represent one mission, which is to make it significantly less painful for patients to get health care. And and just to be clear, you know, this isn't just about a patient who is in, you know, North Dakota in the middle of winter that can't leave their home because of a snowstorm. It actually changes the way people acquire care in metropolitan areas, Mm -hmm. um, people who have kids without a babysitter, chronic patients who are at home and have difficulty leaving their beds. But I think the, you know, probably the biggest differentiation between all of these operators is really whether they, you know, the depth of their understanding of how this can become part of healthcare reality. Okay. And just to give you an example, it's pretty easy, you know, at this day and age to do a FaceTime, you know, over your phone with another individual. Okay. And if the other individual claims to be a physician, then technically you think, oh, well, that's telehealth. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that it it isn't quite that simple, right? Because you need to be able to understand which physician you're gonna talk to. There are different specialties involved. We actually have a health insurance product that you wanna participate in giving you healthcare. Prescriptions have to be checked for validity and have to be electronically wired. Um, There are copays and deductibles. There are medical records that need to be involved in this. There are rules and regulations in different states on how this should be done right and the medical societies are actually saying, you know, in very clear words, this is good telehealth versus this is bad telehealth. Mm-hmm. The distinction between how it's done is really the differentiation between the different operators. Now, and I'm not saying that, you know, they're doing a bad job in any sense. I think, you know, some of them are going to correct it. But you really have to know what you're doing when you're okay. doing healthcare. And it's not just video conferencing.
0: And and, and and that's the background of where American Well comes from too. Correct? I mean, you're not. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're just. The, uh,
6: you know, we we're uh, <clears throat> we're old in the sense of <laughs> been in this business for almost a decade, and um, and I can tell you that that's a you know that's a long ride. Um, but when you try when you try to make um, something happen safely and appropriately in the healthcare system. You actually have to spend the time. You have to work with the physicians. You have to work with the health insurance companies. You have to work with the employers. You have to work with the hospital systems, the largest ones out there. You have to work with the state medical boards and the regulators. All of these things have to actually be assimilated into that, so into that telehealth capability in order for it to live up to its promise, which is to extend the reach of the healthcare system into patients' homes rather than create... You know, a little gadget that uh, allows you to potentially talk uh, with, with someone who claims to be a physician. Don't get me wrong; I love gadgets, right? But healthcare is not the place where you want to do your health. Is not the place where you want to play with gadgetry.
1: right? Roy, give us uh, if you could give us. You have an example of how one of your clients has, has implemented your your solution.
6: Sure. I mean, we we actually, and, and it's a funny thing because of you know, and actually to tie to the previous point, most of the business of American Well, most of the work that we do, most of the services that we offer, are actually not offered under the name American Well. You know, we are the enabling technology under it. It actually comes to 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 people, to consumers, to patients, under the brand of that they trust. You know, whether it is their health insurance company. We serve a lot of the uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield companies out there. We serve the national uh, pairs out there. We serve a lot of the uh, largest, you know, delivery systems out there, you know, spanning from Providence, Carolina, Cleveland Clinic, and others. Each and every one of them are using our system to deliver, uh, you know, virtual care under their brand. Um, so, and and you know, I can probably tell you, that, I mean, they're they're ones that are very, very far advanced. Probably, you know, the best example I would think of is. Uh, um, Anthem WellPoint, which is a, a, a huge, the largest blue in the country, Blue mm-hmm. Cross Blue Shield, um, you know, they they serve, I think, about 40 million people. They have a service that's called Live Health Online, which is actually our system under yeah. their brand, um, and it offers services to millions of patients um, all over the country.
1: Now, Roy, when you, um, you know, you guys launched an app back in october of 2013 and you know tell our audience you know why you chose to do that and then what did you learn from uh you know launching that app up until today
6: so you know i think it's it's actually a great question because um so we have you know incredible amount of, of business and usage of our systems through you know, through other organizations, through those large hospital systems, through the large, the largest health insurance companies. We, we serve the government. We serve a lot of retail operators and everything else. But the one thing that we always, you know, thought was very important is really to understand the sentiments of the patients. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, this is where, you know, the rubber meets the road. And when you work from behind, when you're twice removed or three times removed, from the patient' experience, there's only that much of insight that you can gather. There's only that much of communication that we are allowed to do as the technology, as the Intel inside. So what we've decided, as you mentioned, you know, just about a year ago, is we decide in addition to everything else that we do, we're actually going to also offer direct services. And we've we've launched what's called M-Well, which is the, you know, direct-to-consumer offering of American Well. That's a very small part of our business. But what it allowed us to do is to actually have an uninterrupted channel of communication with the people that eventually capture the value from our system. And I, I'm the first one to tell you that we have never anticipated the adoption that we got on that thing. You know, we, we, we really wanted it to be something that helps us perfect and refine our offering. You know, and today, you know, there's over, you know, a million people just on that thing and as I said that's a tiny part of our business and that's right. over a million people um, and we've learned a lot we've learned so much from having that kind of direct contact um, and I think everybody benefits from that because what we've learned then we took back and implemented and refined and perfected the systems that in turn are made available to all of these other parts of our business you know the health insurance companies the hospital systems and um, we learned what matters.
0: So, 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 Roy, are are the consumers whether they're a member of your health plans where you have a private label or whether they're an employee of an, a major employer that you might be working with or whether they're a direct consumer are consumers the ones that are going to drive the adoption of telehealth?
6: Well, I think you know I think consumers understand the value,
0: mm-hmm.
6: but um, and and that's why why the healthcare system is so different because. It's not just putting a product on Amazon and then mm-hmm. people saying, "Hey, that's a great product; we're going to buy it." Um, when it comes down to your health, there's a lot of other questions. Am I getting good care?
3: Mm-hmm.
6: You know, is this is this the care that I need? I mean, especially you know for people who are growing, you have to pay you know out of pocket for a lot of services, whether it's high co-pays or deductibles. People have a lot of a lot of questions whether this is whether this is the care that they need and whether this is good. So. I think yes. Consumers are clearly making the statement that getting healthcare through technology works for them. I mean, there are thousands. If if you go to the app stores on Apple and Android and look at what people are writing about the services that we offer, that's going to give you way more than me. That's going to give you the understanding of how valuable that is. You have patients saying things like, "I will," you know, "Where have you been all my life?" and and I will. I will never look at health care the same again. And these are the kind of things that give you a sense of, of, of the value. However, for consumers to benefit from this, they also need to get the reinforcement that the physician on the other end is a good physician. That's why we work with the Blue Cross Blue Shield organizations. That's why we work with you know the Clevelands and the Providences and the Carolinas, mm-hmm. because it is really important for them to understand that you know they're getting the service of the same physicians that they would otherwise see in person and again that's one of the differentiations between our system and, and some of what you know the competition is doing because we're not we're not uh, you know taking your call and then calling you back with a physician that we found at random sure. we're actually giving you great visibility into you know you have a choice you can choose the physicians you can understand who they are that the the understanding of How important it is for the patient to have a comfort level and a recognition of who they're going to talk to is is very, very critical. And that is why, yes, consumers are driving it, but just as importantly, the arrival of the health plans, the arrival of the employers, the incorporation of these things into essentially the benefits that, that employees are getting. And we have... You know, terrific employers, you know, Oracle, uh, you know, Honeywell, Pitney Bowes, many, many of the other ones, uh, literally hundreds or at this point probably thousands of employers that are using our, our services in, under different names, um, you know, they're playing a very important part because they're, they're telling their employees, you know, your health care is growingly painful, it's costing you an arm and a leg, but here is something that we can do that's going to very much help you in the way that you're interacting with the health system. And then lastly, and I, I should mention this, you know, regulators, um, the, the, the medical boards of the world, you know, the Washington, you know, even Congress, has now, out of nowhere, finally understood how dramatic the effect of this thing is in the availability of health care across the entire country. And they're ferociously, it's unbelievable to see, there is new legislation going on every day on, you know, embracing of telehealth, on requiring telehealth to become a benefit. And that is such a, you know, such a wonderful thing to watch. I can tell you this was not the case five years ago, but the world has changed so much in the last 12 months. It's, it's, it's
1: just exciting to see. Hey, Roy, we really appreciate you uh, joining us on the program today. And uh, I'll have to have you back as, as a guest in the uh, new year. Hope you have a, uh, a wonderful um, weekend. And to the rest of our audience, stay tuned for the next segment of Healthcare Consumers and Radio. Hi, this is Brent Macy, Managing Director for the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism. If you're a solution provider in this marketplace, I'd like to talk to you more about our corporate membership program that will allow you to showcase your solutions in front of our audience who will be making decisions on what they're going to be putting in place surrounding their healthcare benefit packages in 2013 and beyond. Contact me at 770-296-7276 to learn more.
0: Healthcare Consumerism Radio: Learn, Connect, Share. Join us every Friday at 11 o'clock to learn all those confusing issues around healthcare, Obamacare, Medicare, Medicaid. We'll help you find the answers. Help you stay in compliance. Join us Friday at 11 o'clock.
5: This is America's WebRadio the best in chat radio, designed just for you.
0: Hey, this is Doug Field, along with my co-host Brent Macy, and welcome back to the segment Healthcare Consumerism Radio, where we're very pleased to. Have joining us, a real friend of the Institute and uh, supporter of what we've been doing, and uh, Laura Carabella, the editor and publisher of Medical Travel and the principal of CPR, strategic marketing. Laura, good morning. Good morning, sirs. Hey, great to have you on the program today. Delighted. Uh, give our audience a little background on what you do in this medical travel space. You're one of the leading advocates and proponents and educators on this this whole movement, so.
5: We have been publishing uh, Medical Travel Today, which is the international leading international newsletter in the medical travel space for nearly a decade, and that goes out to business-to-business professionals, physicians, hospital uh, executives, uh, employers, the whole marketplace. We reach about 35,000 people uh, several times a month with our newsletter worldwide, uh, and uh, at about four years ago, we learned that the domestic market the u.s. domestic market was equally interested uh... in medical travel but from a different perspective so we launched u.s. dot com by the way both newsletters are available uh... free free to anyone who wants to join us in this uh, great initiative, uh, and download uh, the past copies where we've been focusing on the employer, insurer, payer, and healthcare marketplace in the United States. Uh, The domestic market is particularly interesting because now employers have really embraced this concept and are traveling their employees from... Kansas to Missouri and New York to California and all over the globe, uh, all over the United States globe, I should, I should point out, to access better care, quality care at a reasonable price.
0: Yeah, and, it, and as you and I have talked many times about the subjects, it's, it's easier to get Mr. and Mrs. Smith from Peoria to fly to the Cleveland Clinic in Cleveland than it is to get them to fly to Shanghai, China.
5: For sure, but what's so interesting about this new phenomenon? It is. It's not just the high-profile providers, mm-hmm. although Cleveland Clinic is certainly in the forefront of this. But it's literally every hospital uh, that wants to capture. The direct-to-employer contracting opportunities yep. in their local region, maybe four to six hours away from where the company is located, as well as the, the higher-profile organizations and hospital systems that are all over the country. Uh, so I think there's the opportunity here for perhaps less-known institutions and hospital systems <coughs> excuse me, to increase their market share by serving employers direct.
0: Yep. And, 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 Laura, I wouldn't agree that a lot of this is advancing pretty rapidly because uh, we now have employers and their employees, you know, with their eyes up looking at alternative care solutions and how can they save money and still get very good care. So for, the, for and, and, and we're going to have more of an accessibility challenge coming up, too. So you, we've got a very open-eyed, open-eared market right now of both the consumers who work for employers and employers themselves.
5: And what is interesting about this is that the incentives uh, that they are building into their benefits programs are are really remarkable because they're eliminating out-of-pocket expenses, mm-hmm. copays, deductibles for those people who are looking to take advantage of these opportunities that may not be around the corner. As an individual myself, an individual patient, you would want to go to the best place possible, even if it wasn't next door. I always uh, tell people when I do these presentations that I've done not only for the Institute but all over the country, that I was a a medical traveler 15 years ago myself when I didn't even know what medical travel (laughs) was all about. I had an acoustic neuroma. I live in uh, northern New Jersey, right near the best hospitals in New York and certainly best hospitals in New Jersey. And yet the institution that was best known for treating and the procedure for removing the acoustic neuroma was located in Los Angeles at the House Ear Clinic. Hmm. So at the the direction of my doctor, I traveled. That was about 15 years ago. And I was really glad that I did because I got a great outcome and I had no problems where people who have gone to less experienced uh, hospitals had had didn't have such a great great experience. So here we are looking, you know, here we are in 2015 looking at centers of excellence, centers of value that can deliver this to people, a better product, a better outcome and a more reasonable cost. Now it's a natural that the employers would be interested. Yeah,
0: and and, and I think you make a great point, too, that it's not just about cost. That's an important part of the equation. It's it's about improved outcomes a lot of times, too.
5: Well, when you have an improved outcome and you don't have rehospitalization and you don't have revisions to surgery and and less infection, uh, your costs are going to go way down just as as a result of that.
1: Uh, now, Laura, when you, uh, when you look out there, you know, what employers are are adopting domestic uh, travel and, and what are, which ones are kind of poised to, to do that into the new year?
5: We have seen a tremendous uptake in the last two or three years among the larger employers. Obviously, the Walmarts, uh, Lowe's, those have gotten a lot of uh, headlines. Now we have JetBlue coming on, uh, McKesson, the larger employers have taken advantage of it because they could leverage large groups and they have millions of employees so through the Pacific Business Group on Health, primarily has directed those programs for some of the nation's largest employers, and Walmart is one of them, uh, the, and the ones, all the ones that I mentioned. But what I think is even more exciting going forward is that we're going to see smaller employers, um, the mid, the mid market, uh, five thousand or so employees, and even smaller, even the smaller employers that are aggregating their their groups together to you know to be more active in the space the alliance in wisconsin for example is an employer purchasing organization no, no, no. that is bringing together its employers to to take advantage of negotiating these contracts directly with the hospitals and i think that's where the market is going we're going to see more large employers coming on board and then we're going to see this mid-market growing tremendously. So it's, it's a question of this whole movement toward narrower networks mm-hmm. because it kind of fits in with that. But in narrowing the network, you're actually giving the patients and the individuals more, more opportunity for better outcomes. So it's not a question of narrow networks just being cost-driven. They're quality-driven. And I would think every person would want to go to the best place that they can possibly get to, to have their procedure and their treatment performed.
1: Now, Laura, on that, um, you know, to expand on that point, there, what what type of procedures, um, you know, can be can be offered to the employee consumer who chooses to travel domestically?
5: Right now, we're seeing the most activity in joint replacement, mm-hmm. spinal surgeries cardiac procedures, a variety of cardiac procedures, not not emergency cardiac procedures, really, but those are the ones and transplants. So those are the areas that are most um, most active, but, and, and that's a big but, we are seeing now bundled pricing coming into play for a lot of other procedures, and the employers are looking at that opportunity as well, such as bariatric or weight loss surgery, Mm -hmm. because they're now recognizing that that's an opportunity to mitigate or, or reverse diabetes. We're going to see it for urology. We're definitely seeing it in oncology. There's going to be bundled pricing in 2015 for oncology procedures as well. Um, I should point out that a lot of the uh, benefits of of these travel surgery programs is in population management because what happens is Mm -hmm. the patients arrive sometimes, they've been diagnosed, let's say, to have spinal surgery, and they arrive at the hospital, and it turns out that they don't need spinal surgery or that they have a comorbidity that is going to mitigate the need for the surgery or the the appropriateness of surgery. So sometimes they're canceled, and as much as 50% of the spinal surgery has been Deemed not appropriate. I think it's around thirty percent on the joint replacement and less on cardiac. But that has proven to be a very interesting phenomenon that's grown out of this travel surgery uh, program.
1: Now, Laura, we got about a minute left on the program. Kind of, you know, leave our audience with, uh, you know, some one or two good takeaways on what they need to really consider when they're looking at uh, domestic medical travel.
5: Number one, they have to look at the needs of their employees. What, Where are they um, having high-cost procedures and where can they be of the most help? They need to contract with the right centers of excellence. I cannot um, emphasize that enough. You need to look at what's out there, what kinds of programs. They may not be in your backyard, but what kinds of programs are out there that are going to deliver the quality and make sure that those hospitals and systems are vetted appropriately and the physicians for their outcomes. And number three, at look at the opportunities for the pull through with your employees and there's going to be a lot of ways that employers can drive uh, their, their workforces to these centers of excellence and really benefit from the quality and the cost and the outcomes so those are the three things to look at and there are lots of groups and we've been involved with a lot of these groups to help employers in that area and I'd be more than happy to uh, to discuss that with any of the groups that want to look into this.
1: Hey Laura we really appreciate you joining us on the program today and, and thank you for all your support of the Institute. Laura is um, you know, one of the thought leaders out there in, in the industry so do contact her if you're interested in uh, domestic medical travel and to everybody uh, Laura you included have a great weekend and uh, we will See you next week on Healthcare Consumerism Radio.
5: Well, thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks, Laura. This is America's com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.